Hyperscale by Briar Prestige. Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hyperscale. It's your host, Briar Prestige, and today I've got Saran Movsizian on the call with me. And I am very excited to be meeting you properly and having a bit of a chat because I've been stalking you on LinkedIn a little bit. So welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here. And then, yeah, I was following also your updates. Really exciting with, with especially this 48 hours in Metaverse. This is kind of interesting stuff. So a pleasure to be here and thank you for hosting me today. So just to tell the audience a little bit about uh, myself. So I'm coming from um, the immersion of uh, science tech and uh, this uh, AI kind of uh, aspect. So we I, I started kind of programming self-made software engineer. I'm an early Bitcoin adopter since 2012-2013. One of the early members of Bitcoin Center in New York City. One of my kind of close friends and uh, mentors, Nick Spanos. We, we literally launched the Bitcoin Center uh, in New York City, 100 feet from the uh, New York Stock Exchange. That was the first physical commodity exchange for Bitcoin. Then, uh, yeah, I was I was always fascinated with this technology. I was thinking we finally got uh, the kind of the full decentralized solution for not just as a currency, but also as a as a corner store for many use cases that that will be able to be used uh, afterwards. So I was working also at Copenhagen Business School as a researcher. My scientific articles, uh, 17 scientific articles and one book are cited in uh, for 15 plus actually languages and the latest data I was checking, I think it's live on 45 plus countries in uh, translated and uh, cited in multiple languages. So some of them, are, they are using also my uh, dissertation study about metaverse that, that I wrote actually back in 2014-15. So it's really exciting to see that that uh, I was kind of always early than writing back in those years, then people just kind of start uh, understanding and adopting uh, right as uh, we speak today. So yeah, I was I was uh, featured on Forbes 30 under 30. I got to the finalist list back in uh, 2021. This uh, pre-last uh, Forbes featuring, and yeah, and then I'm also uh, kind of influencer and brand ambassador with uh, famous uh, brands. Uh, I think what is noticeable to mention is that I literally created the world's second largest clubhouse club. Right now, it has 55,400 members. A lot of celebrities, influencers, uh, who also most of them became my partners uh, in crime. Let's call it like this. So, so we kind of try to create some interesting and mind-blowing uh, stuff together. Thank you. Wow. Oh, my goodness. What a... What credentials yeah. you have there. So amazing. And, and something that I'm very interested in knowing. So these predictions that you had back in 2014, 2015, have these come true so far? Like, tell I, us I a think bit honestly, about- 100%. I might sound kind of over-optimistic. So, but what I wrote there, I was... I, I, so my dissertation was about alcohol beverages, right? So I cooperated with one of the uh, biggest kind of producers in Caucasus. Like it was a brandy, vodka... Um, uh, they then also beer production. So they had both museum and stores, right? So I, I created the applications myself as a programmer. I did it both on Android and iOS. Then we launched it for public. So public could go with the mobile tap on the device and scan and see augmented uh, data uh, in, embedded on the, just to make it simple word. So people, let's say you, you want to purchase a white wine, you scan it and then it shows. With white wine, you can have this variety of fish or that type of a product. And then also extended information, then you would click it, go to their socials. You could just literally check out from your mobile. So even, even back then, they, they endorsed me, the, the owners, multimillionaires of these businesses. They put uh, my, my study in their kind of other, other uh, reviews and investor reports. So 
yeah, I was, I was fascinated since back then. And then uh, nowadays I, I see more and more my predictions coming true because what I was also talking about uh, back then was uh, uh, extended reality, you know, this uh, both the augmented and virtual reality kind of emerged together. So that um, there's another use case uh, that that uh, last one we did with uh, MBX Berlin. So you can literally mm-hmm. scan with your uh, device and it's just a simple link. So that link can work both on like any any mobile device, any tablet or, or even your computer. So you, you can mint, let's say, the NFT just right from your mobile. So we're going to mm-hmm. have some exciting kind of, I can't open more brackets, but there's going to be some exciting kind of use cases there as well. Yeah, I think I think most of it, but, but we are still early. So what, what I did... Uh, Basically, I, I patented the uh, the world's. I think it's the world's first actually AI generated metaverse concept. So, so mm-hmm. my my AIs are kind of generating the metaverse. Uh, like uh, it can be starting from the fashion, clothing, and ending up in a very complicated world. Like like let's say we're creating like a Berlin Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, right? Like a, a future Berlin. So if people want to stay and play in a nowadays berlin we have virtual replica of the physical world like it virtually replicates the, the physical world so it, it can stay in berlin but there's a gateway so that if you want to through portal enter to the future berlin you can just enter to the future of berlin so that's i think that's what's missing in those big games right the central land and all the this uh, kind of uh, even even sandbox i think they are lacking some sort of engagement and creativity and innovation there so, but yeah, mm. they're just coming after big names that say Snoop Dogg and others, like they have their metaverse house. But, but we got also kind of big names uh, there. We, we were also, I was meeting in Milan with big fashion brands. Uh, but but what, what they are also are saying me and, and the, like, let's say the user feedback there is that they are, they want more engagement. So why they are still kind of a little bit hesitant to enter the space because of the lack of engagement. So that's why. We were thinking how we can kind of capture this engagement. So I think, again, we created the world's first this um, treasure hunt game. So people are not just going to the metaverse, but they are hunting for very rare, exclusive rare NFTs. So purpose, it keeps, yeah. Yeah, so it keeps users very active, you know. So yeah, even you, I think you every day you will be excited to enter and see new new kind of famous uh, celebrities, just ultra rare NFTs. And then if you hunt, if you find them, we will give you a discount. It's all trackable to the backend. So all that kind of interactivity is built into the metaverse. So I, mm-hmm. I and then I, I even didn't use the Ready Player Me option because I want to be different. You see my point? So that's why our uh, avatars are using AI generated avatars. So I because because mm-hmm. what was happening if if all businesses keep using Ready Player Me then what's the differentiation there right so you you need at the end of the day to find your niche and uh, stay to your core kind of values as well yeah and I I can speak more if you want I can elaborate more on the vision or, or very interesting yeah and it's yeah. it's interesting what you say about the engagement type model mm-hmm. and I think that that's something that Roblox is really done so well and why they see, you know, about 59 million users per day they've reported because, you know, you go on, you play basketball, like there's so many different activities to do. And, you know, and yeah. I think that the last time I went on Decentraland, you know, unless there's like, you know, the gay pride parade or, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the fashion world's first metaverse fashion week, you know, whatever it may be, it's kind of like I go on and I'm kind of like, oh, well, exactly. what, what am I doing? You know, what, what's, yeah. what's the purpose of me being here? So I think that that's something um, that that's very interesting. So, so what should people be looking at other than engagement when they're thinking about building their own metaverses or what should perhaps other metaverse builders be 
be considering? What are some other things you've got in mind for them? So what uh, I, I created, kind of this mind-blowing thing, and then even uh, after podcast, I will uh, uh, showcase your own AI avatar. So so I want uh, basically AI humans to be in multiple locations and speaking on different conferences, uh, like with the tap of device, right? So let's uh, imagine, uh, maybe, I don't want to say it's second COVID hit or whatever, but we already got this uh, kind of feeling that we might not be able to travel a lot, like given the distances and kind of complications. So what if, imagine, you, you could be in multiple conferences at once that are uh, kind of yeah, happening at the same time, right? So so with current solutions we have, we, we can already kind of create some sort of a AI human view in, in a video format at the moment, as, as we speak, mm-hmm. but but also that 3D model of your uh, AI can can do, already 3D model of your AI can do a lot of interactions uh, kind of uh, as you move, it kind of moves with you. Mm-hmm. So so that's uh, that's something I think, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, lacking. I think it will be super cool. You, you remember, I think Kanye West uh, was showing Robert Kardashian during uh, yeah, Kim's birthday that I just remembered on top of my head. So I think we are very close there. So, so, and then easy use case will be just people with uh, regular phones, right? They they want to see you. They just tap on the device. They see you speaking on on this or that panel. And and mm-hmm. I, I I went a couple of steps ahead as well. So I was a very a big player of this Pokemon Go game. And I always had this vision: why don't we create with Metaverse also Pokemon Go interaction, right? So. That's that was the next step. I, I went ahead and I, I connected my metaverse with the augmentation. So so I want people uh, that I, I want to engage everyone, right? So I don't I'm not just thinking about those people who like being in metaverse, wearing those devices. So yeah, I want uh, regular people who are walking right now in Copenhagen to to kind of to also with the tap of any device they have on hand, be the tablet or or mobile. Be in the same area as in the metaverse, right? So imagine mm. in metaverse we have uh, Copenhagen Mall. So I want people mm-hmm. to be uh, both in the metaverse inside Copenhagen Mall and also for the type of device. So that let's say they go to the Armani store in Copenhagen Mall, it gives the same discount that you can see with the mobile, or you can go to the metaverse and get the same discount. Lot of incentivization me- mechanisms that I think will drive forward this revolution if we can emerge both augmented reality and virtual world in an extended re- reality way. So that people have options, basically. They they can choose. They either want a augmentation or they want a virtuality or they want a both, basically. So that's our platform there. And then I was thinking, okay, so let's say they, they come to the platform. So, but what what's next? Because what's happening with these giant brands? I mean, they, they try to monetize on your data, right? So that was the idea that I thought, okay, let me uh, build my own social media network so that it kind of, doesn't uh, annoy you with the different paid ads like it's, it's not that the way we're making kind of it's not the monetization way right so i'm i'm trying kind of to decentralize this, this social media network as well so people can feel uh, trusted and and kind of don't feel that their data is sold or, or somehow they're getting these annoying ads yeah and then i'm telling from my own experience so i basically run uh, over 100 million dollar kind of budgets on different paid ads so i have this vip status on let's say facebook google uh, tiktok I, I was always early, like experimenting with this kind of even not known uh, platforms, just going there, burning cash, understanding what's happening. So more and more, I'm feeling that they are trying to this AI and the bots like uh, to limit your reach and increase the cost per click, CTR and all these ratios, right? So 
I think at some point, that's my other prediction. I, I hope it, I'm wrong, but, but I'm thinking that at some point that it's going to be quite expensive and only maybe high-end luxury brands can afford advertising on those platforms or most of those platforms. So I think the sooner we get some alternatives and especially with Web3 decentralization, the easier it will be for us to kind of uh, be ready, right? So so when they come, we are, we are ready. We have some sort of a alternative solution and trying to help kind of humanity that 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 way and and my big vision if you ask me how i'm trying kind of to let's say like a, to, like a, my calling for life right a massively transformative purpose i'm I'm trying to create the this kind of experience everywhere in the world so that people doesn't matter where they are located they can go they can scan with their device and, and see the history let's say of dubai like the history of uh, london like the history of uh, new york and, and other areas but i think there's a so yeah, that's that's just my massively transformative purpose to reach billions of people in every corner of the world where with these solutions, uh, not necessarily seeking profit first, but but first educating people. I think it's edutainment, you know, like education plus entertainment. So coming from science, I think it should be education first and then entertainment. So unless you don't educate people, they won't understand and, and yeah, they, they should come together. Awesome. So you have given us a lot of food for thought there. And I've, mm-hmm. I've been taking some notes. There's some things that I want to start circling back on okay. now. So okay. very interesting points. The future of social media. So I've been talking a lot also about the future of social media because I, one of my first businesses is an executive branding and PR agency. So we do a lot of content for CEOs. And Fair when enough. we first started the business about I think it was about six six years ago, almost seven years ago now. It was certainly a little bit before its time. It was obviously when fashion and beauty bloggers were coming out. And I was like, well, surely CEOs will see the value in having an online presence one day, you know? And I know it seems like only six years ago, but do you remember back then people weren't really creating content on LinkedIn unless no, they were no. looking for a job or, or hiring okay. someone? We were a little bit before its time, but now these days, especially since the pandemic, you know, companies are writing this stuff into their corporate budgets, which has me thinking yet again, okay, where are things going to be in another seven years? Because again, I feel we are on the cusp of another big shift. We're a little bit early, but in seven years time, we're going to look back on this moment and think, well, I'm so happy we started dabbling it in things. So we we talked about, you, you talked about how, you know, you would own the data and, and the data of social media. Obviously, back in 2018, we had that huge scandal with Cambridge Analytica. And I think it made people exactly. realize just how scary, you know, big tech is. And I actually ended up deleting my first Facebook I ever had because I downloaded my data and kind of mm-hmm. freaked out about how much stuff they had on me. I was like, right, I need to start this from scratch. You know, they've got so much dirt on me from like my university partying days sort of thing. I was like, we'll start this over again in more professional manner. But some things that I've been exploring in regards to the metaverse and social media and how I think it's going to continue to evolve is that shared experience and also that expression of individuality as well. And I think that over time, social media has not become very social at all. You know, we're constantly on our phones scrolling. In the metaverse, we've got a more immersive experience. We can interact. We can actually speak to people. How do you actually imagine social media platforms being in the future? Yeah, I think uh, so. So, yeah, as you uh, clearly mentioned, so I think with Web3, we are uh, getting the, the owners of our own data, right? So so that will uh, allow us to kind of 
yeah, be, be more safe and uh, trustworthy. At least uh, we, we know that there is no any centralized organization that's going to trade our data. So and then also the DAOs, right? So the DAOs, uh, I think decentralized autonomous organizations and, and Web3 will help us with with this kind of a, the, more trustworthy solutions. So what, what we, were, we are trying also to do at the Crypto S, so we are trying to create uh, some sort of a, it's yet early to say, but we are trying to create some sort of a blockchain that will support these transactions because it obviously it requires a lot of uh, computing power to to support different use cases, right, that are built on, on, the, on that blockchain. So I think we, we need that type of a no, similar type of scalable solution that will allow to build a lot of the use cases, right? It's like be a web application, be be another kind of website or or some some sort of a computing power that will allow us to to do that. Because uh, yeah, I mean, but but I think we are very close to reach there because you see AI is developing at unprecedented speed. We we got the mid journey, the stable diffusion, and other kind of key. AI players there where, where, yeah, we're actively utilizing some of those solutions in our daily activities as well. I think as, as, as we keep evolving and also this new Oculus device, right? The, the VR headset device that we got, I think we're, we're getting closer to, to that, but, but, but I completely agree with you. I, I tried to kind of delete a lot of stuff from Facebook as well. It's, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's quite a, uh, Dangerous, I think I wouldn't be scared to pronounce this word. It's because, because yeah, you never know. And also, what I was feeling, even even uh, they, I feel like sometimes they read the private messages as well. Just I know, I mean, it's like big scare, right? Because paid ads that you are receiving, like it's also targeting uh, your, your private messages. I was studying uh, in Copenhagen Business School, like neuroscience, neuromarketing. So I I feel like they are trying to get this even this uh, personal touch points and try to build their yeah promotion. So do you think that big tech uh, listen to us when we're we're talking on the phone or not even talking on the phone, just interacting in in general? Because some of my friends have said that after talking about a particular topic, then they get targeted by it. What's your thoughts? I have this uh, suspicion, to be honest, uh, myself as well, because what's happening, I think there's AI working in different way. I can't say they listen or they check or something, but somehow the, the way... This, let's say data analysis is done through their AIs. I think it uh, takes into consideration multiple factors. Let's say your previous interaction, like cache history, and and kind of some some maybe maybe liking or doing something, but also that sends signals to your messenger or other kind of uh, applications. I don't think it's it's kind of my my personal opinion. I don't think it's uh, let, let's say in a way it hears or or checks literally what you do but definitely ai somehow interacts and it sends you very customized uh, ads that, that i got as well so yeah it was quite suspicious and then especially recently so i think the more it, these machine learning iterations algorithms keep uh, developing the more scary it becomes at least at that sense right it's a data breach and they're trying to yeah take advantage of your personal information so very interesting. And I, I, you talked a bit about paid advertising before, and you know, it's been really interesting. I just started mm-hmm. experimenting on TikTok, okay. and I okay. never thought I would go on TikTok, but I'm putting a lot of my virtual reality world yes. hopping adventures there. And something that I was so surprised about was how quickly I was able to build a following. Mm-hmm. I was using some paid ad spend. I can't mm-hmm. tell you how much from mm-hmm. memory, but 
just I've, I've built it up to almost 30,000 followers and that would be Amazing. almost impossible these days on, on Instagram. So tell me a little bit more about what you've got planned and how you think, you know, you mentioned luxury brands before mm-hmm. might be in the future the only ones that will be able to afford the luxury of, of reach mm-hmm. through paid advertising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so uh, what's happening uh, with the TikTok, it's interesting because their algorithm works like uh, early days Instagram algorithm. But but on top of that, what they did, the breakthrough was that they were uh, one of the earliest. Maybe uh, Snapchat was earlier, if you remember, maybe with these reels and all that kind of uh, stuff. But I think they were the earliest to push these viral reels, TikTok reels to the mainstream. So what happened is that they kept using the old algorithm of Instagram, which was more human, let's say, centric approach. I don't think like this. So it was more kind of predictable and understandable. And I think it was more engaging the way the system was working. So they used that. And on top of that, they pushed their uh, reels. So people who were smart and, and early to use these uh, reels with, with the smart kind of geo-targeting and then micro-targeting these uh, hashtags where we're, yeah, we're quite fast. So I, I created myself multiple million uh, kind of uh, views and uh, hundreds of thousand followers kind of brands we, we, we previously. But the, of course, but the time as time progresses, it gets uh, difficult as difficult, but not as difficult as on Instagram. And then also, if you uh, look back, I think you will confirm my uh, idea. It's much cheaper in TikTok versus Instagram also okay, in terms of the paid ads, impression and, and, and all that stuff. So yeah, and then there's a lot of gaming businesses as well there. So I think, and for myself as well, I think one of the videos I put for AI algorithm, it got uh, 250,000 views or something, but by organic. So organic, I, I didn't uh, spend at least on AI algorithm paid ads yet, uh, but I think it's a good idea. So so that we, I, I had, um, I have a, a good connection, like a Dennis Yu, is, he, was, he helped build the Yahoo search engine. So he keeps uh, talking about this $1 uh, a day at strategy, right? So Dennis himself, he was running, I think, multiple billion dollar pay that. So it's good to learn from people who, after you run 100 million, you learn from people who run 1 billion, right? So so his uh, uh, interesting point there was that you just spend, let's say, on your personal branding, $1 a day. So that technology, I tried myself as well. I think it's working quite uh, well. So yeah, you just kind of put and experiment with just one dollar on on different platforms, and then let's say every two weeks or every month make some sort of a growth hack proposal, see what which channel works the best, so you can reallocate the budgets and, and take it from there. That's that's just another way. And then and then yeah, going uh, forward, I think those brands will win who are very smart also to utilize virtual reality paid ad sector, right? So so I I don't want to uh, it look to look like a annoying paid ads as we get in the web too right now. I want it to be uh, more, I'd say, more engaging, let's say, more more le- less uh, of a uh, anxiety that you feel there's maybe a trust factor or something because there you can uh, own your data or maybe some me- mechanism that will allow you to to feel more more trustable. Yeah, because uh, at the end of the day, this web tree and blockchain is about trust, worthiness as well. So I think those brands who are smart uh, to to tap into the augmented reality ads and virtual reality ads will win in in the next, let's say, five years, three to five years, because technology grows very fast, maybe even three years, you know, like uh, that's just kind of my, my prediction for the future of the social media. So I think that augmented reality is really, really interesting. And, you know, when, when I'm describing the metaverse or how I see the future of the metaverse mm-hmm. being, 
I I picture it, you know, obviously us going into virtual reality or augmented reality coming out to us. And I could Mm -hmm. just imagine me sitting here right now and I love space, you know, so perhaps I might have big planets coming down in this room or, you know, perhaps you might be standing in front of me as a hologram and us having this conversation. What sort of, how can you sort of see the future? How do you predict augmented reality is going to be used in virtual reality? What's your thoughts about it all? Excellent question. Uh, so, so I think uh, with, with the emergence of uh, tech, uh, yeah, I, I'm thinking like uh, people can use even this NFTs. Let's say they can create gated NFT tickets for exclusive VR concerts, but but like, let's say extended reality concerts, right? So this again something uh, crazy out there. But but imagine like I think I remember in Silicon Valley again the famous uh, rappers probably Paul Didi was was using this kind of full immersion in Miami was giving concert. That's a kind of at least at this moment is not scalable. It's just like he's rich and well connected. He can afford it. But that was a big device, right? Imagine he was measuring him and that put. Yeah, but what I'm thinking will drive this uh, to the mainstream is that if just with one your mobile or like very easily portable some daily usage device that will in any case be with you. That if we could replicate that into the the easy to care device, a pocket device, I think that time. It will will leave a new era. Like we will start a new era in 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 pretty much every industry. So imagine you could uh, pitch your business in a in a kind of startup pitch event. You can uh, do a, a virtual conference. You can do a virtual webinars. Like all that stuff. And then what it's also very important to keep in mind is that prayer uh, can be in multiple uh, places at once, right? So I think that gives you acceleration and extra uh, value add and utility because imagine how many businesses you can get versus if you are just in one place right so so i think we are we're kind of uh, iterating towards the different dimensions of the space which will allow us to be uh, in in different places at the same time basically that's that's my model when 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 i'm pitching my startup as well i, I keep saying that what's unique uh, is that imagine you can use that same time, like a Hong Kong time, Dubai time, Copenhagen time. But at the same moment, let's say the person wants you to be in multiple places. So how are you going to do that, right? So that's the, the one of the very important use cases there as well. Very interesting. We spoke a little bit about AI before and deep fakes is something that I'm yeah, seeing yeah. a lot these days. We saw yeah. America's, what is it? America's Got Talent and yeah, they... Yeah, yeah. We had Alvis, we had Simon Cow, and honestly, do you think that they should have been able to, you know, win that? Like, is is is, is deep fake actually considered a talent? What do you think is going to happen in the future with deep fakes? I think it's just that, yeah, we 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 need to consider that from the perspective of technical breakthrough. I I I will be, yeah, I I, I would kind of try say yes and no kind of i'm in the middle on these questions because because yeah because still we're very early and this industry starts kind of developing Uh, unless i think there's also ethical perspectives right i'm trying to be very ethical as well in in different perspectives just kind of to to not to impersonate especially in in that kind of big event and that stuff but i think maybe yeah as as they uh, emerge also as they evolve throughout the time they will find probably a regulatory environments not let's not, not call it regulatory but some sort of ethical standards that will drive forward this industry as well and then the other thing i would like to mention if you remember one uh, ai artist won a big prize right it was like with his ai art so yes. yeah i think i think that was also interesting honestly because 
because if you ask me, because uh, we, 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 so what we are doing, we're combining multiple AI art, these latest technologies. So we try to get the best out of, let's say, mid-journeys, the stable diffusion and others. But, but uh, it's, it's not that easy, honestly. If you ask me, sometimes I had pictures that took me to make like 150, 200 iterations. Like, can you imagine? Like I was literally sitting, let's say, uh, a week trying to get some sort of a cool piece of art. Uh, then everyone would say, wow, it, it's kind of uh, revolutionary. So, but, but, but I think we need to appreciate these people's times. Maybe not uh, calling them exactly kind of artists or some sort of in that kind of super... Uh, creative people or something, but but there's a le- very hard work, so I think it's a little bit undervalued as well. So for those people, I would like to give shout out to all those artists who are trying to utilize AI. I, I want uh, people to really appreciate their hard work and time. It, it honestly takes uh, time if you want to perfect this pixel correction and all that stuff. So yeah, I think that that's what with the main the news and other stuff. It's also this under represented point right they never talk about the actual time and energy that these or that artists put at creating this ai yeah very interesting and we've got ai influencers out there now so ai social media influencers and one recently i've forgotten her name but she did a, a she went to fashion week and was posting about it and the media were interviewing her and of course she was replying by email because she doesn't exist in in the future i i was I was thinking the other day about how cool it would be in the future if you had like AI bands. So you know how where AI is able to look into trends and to almost yes. generate and come up with, you know, a, a band of, of personality. So maybe like a boy mm-hmm. band or something like this mm-hmm. that really exactly. appeals to a, a particular target market. And then you were able to generate these fake AI people so mm-hmm. that they just really, really appeal to yeah a particular target market. Their music is all done on the basis of, um, you know, a, a, again, AI, you know, informing what would be really trendy tunes and stuff like this. I honestly think that in the future, we might not even have like One Direction and stuff like this, yeah. like it might be an AI band. What's your thoughts about this? Am I crazy for thinking this kind uh, of no, stuff? No, no, no. I think you are You are really very, very kind of, uh, how to say, uh, very revolutionary in your thoughts. And, and uh, thank you for bringing this point. Uh, I think our audience will appreciate a lot. So so what, what I, I, I mean, I, I, our early investors, right? So I will just give you, I'm trying to make this podcast very practical with examples. So, so they started hesitating. They are like, Oh, but you can't be, let's say, on all those major platforms, be that Spotify, Tidal Music. Let's say, did you verify your AI music that it has a demand there? So, I mean, I, I, I was, it was like a personal challenge to myself. So I was like, okay, so let me just kind of get this also on a mainstream so, so I can kind of have a practical data to answer. So what I did, I literally pushed one of our tracks. It was called Coronavirus, backing Coronavirus, under some nickname. I mean, Alberto Cavallo or something. It was just kind of cool uh, Italian, kind of Spaniel kind of name. I was like, okay, let's push it under this name. And then we, we got revenues. But honestly, I mean, if you consider how uh, greedy these big organizations are, I think we got two, three dollars, which is a lot. It's probably over 10,000 or something tracks played that you get even two, three dollars. Right? So the amounts weren't huge, but at least the MVP is there. So I, I even tested my AI music that it works on, on those major platforms. And then going back to your point that this AI Kind of virtual influencers raised. I think they are. They have even 
their music tracks. Like, like I, I did my music track as well. If you type cryptos uh, AI or something, it breaks on, on all those kind of platforms because they keep asking me the same question all over again. So when I keep pitching, I'm like, you just go to Spotify, search it, and you will see, right? So so I, I like uh, just, just yeah, statements with practical data. And then I think you are right. So, so uh, we are very close to the bands and kind of this uh, new uh, emerging kind of a variations of music, right? That could never be imagined before. Because imagine if the person, if the artist can make, uh, let's say, 100 variations, a very ter- talented like artist. I'm not trying to undervalue them, but but they don't have the computing power of AI. So, and then you see how fast AI is, uh, is, is, is emerging, right? So this machine learning and iterations are going very, very fast. So I think at some point it will be kind of quite, Maybe competition, even I will call. So I can't disclose the names, but I got even some some famous, very famous artists. They they were listening to my AI music, and they are like, "Oh my God, AI is there already!" So I think not that they were scared or something, but they felt that that AI might come right sooner or later. One day it's coming after them. So and then what happened? Uh, some smart uh, artists that I was talking with, they they tried to adjust and incorporate AI rather than competing with AI. I think it's smarter you try to adopt the technology and build upon it rather than you try to outcompete the technology. Because if you ask me, I think we, we are too, how to say, limited to outcompete the technology, right? Not just AI. I mean, I mean in general, technology and technological revolutions that are happening. I, I don't think we, we are, yeah, we, we better collaborate and create a better future altogether rather than try to compete with the technology. That's that's just my kind of personal observation there. I agree. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, we should be using things like AI so that we can use it to do the more mundane tasks, you know, so that ultimately we can focus on doing what makes us fundamentally human, which is like socializing and creativity exactly. and, and these sorts of things. So I agree with you. I always see... When I think about the future, I always see both the positive and the negative about things. You know, I've just been chatting to my team today. I've been talking for a long time about getting a chip in my hand. I really want a chip in my hand and uh, nobody in, in, can... Uh, Sweden, in Sweden, there's a use case. They have chip Sweden. parties. Exactly. So the scanning yeah. going through the check, uh, check-in, check-out of the airports. So, yeah, I think I think the Scandinavian sector is very close. If you ask me, I think people here will be probably one of the earliest to, to adopt uh, this kind of uh, futuristic-looking technology. So, yeah, very exciting. I mean, if you ask me, I don't see a kind of... A, it, we need to test it, right? So it's everything you need unless you don't test. Just like I, I really love like how you tested 48 hours in Metaverse. It's very <laughs> unique and interesting. It was a challenge. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because if you don't do that, uh, how, how we can even talk about kind of uh, ethical objectives, subjective kind of aspects of one thing, right? So people used to write a lot of kind of big words and headlines and stuff, but but they when you keep asking them, okay, did you go actually check it or it's just kind of you're sitting in your nice office in New York, kind of in like a nice publishing office or something, you're just writing for writing, right? So I was like, yeah, we, 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 we need to test and then justify. So I think that that's what needs to be easy. So I think that's what's missing also in the nowadays marketing and, and promotion and like the PR aspects as well. People people just make uh, assumptions and then and then they build on assumptions. So they first they make assumption, then this assumption becomes another assumption. So then they they become lost in their own assumptions. Like I was started from the very beginning. So I was like, you just go and, and do it, right? So. I agree. I agree. I think there's always a lot of talking and not a lot of doing sometimes. So, you know, I'm I'm a big believer in going out there, staying curious and participating, you know, and then 
you know, ultimately I hope to to encourage other people, especially women as well, because there's so, exactly. you know, there's not there's not many women in technology. No. So I really want us to be experimenting so that the, the platforms are built with us in mind and built without bias, I think is absolutely key during this building phase. I, I would love also, I will introduce you to my, my close friend. She She's actually our chief metaverse officer, Catherine Banks. She, she was Amazing. in this space uh, many years. Like she, she was working with 50, 60 plus, very top tier brands, like very well funded and famous. So yeah, she's uh, yeah, both in US and, and uh, traveling across Europe. So so yeah, I mean, she, she's, uh, she's just like you. I'm trying to push this revolution to women as well, right? I think this is important. So uh, and and we we need uh, from our uh, side. I think male founders as well need to promote. It's just not. It's it's like uh, it's not just a solidarity, but but uh, uh, we we need to understand that uh, this this equality and everything should be everywhere, right? So so that's why it shouldn't be in the metaverse. Why it shouldn't be on the like open reality. So I think everyone should be given like uh, equal opportunities, equal voice, and, and all. Yeah, all options should be available for also. I agree. What an interesting discussion. And how can people connect with you? So, yeah, uh, please visit our website. It's uh, aigoritm.ml. If you go there, you can scroll down. It's like a social media pages. So it's it's our uh, username is either aigoritm or aigoritms, depending on the availability we got kind of with uh, S and without. And then I'm, I'm working also on different other projects. So you can check our uh, other businesses like Revolve Games. It's revolvegames.io. You can check cryptos.com. It's a very kind of uh, interesting and uh, fascinating technology there as well. And yeah, and then also Bitcoin Center in New York City. I think a lot of people know about that as well. So please check out those links. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Honestly, it was so interesting. I probably could have talked for another couple of hours. (laughs) Next time, next time, we'll have a follow-up conversation for sure. sure. Uh, Okay, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure.